The D2C Growth Show. Welcome to the D2C Growth Show, presented by Banknotes, minted by Hashtag Paid, where we talk all things e-commerce and D2C. My name's Sophia, and today I get to speak with Apton, who's the founder of Northern Mo, a digital and social media marketing firm. Apton's been in the industry for over a decade and has been featured in major media publications like Huffington Post and Forbes. Today, we're going to be discussing all things retention marketing strategies that brands can implement into their own marketing mix. From email to SMS, you won't want to miss this episode. So can you walk us through the role of a good customer experience plays and the relationship it has with repeat purchase rates? Yeah, so a lot of brands are missing out on that good customer experience. Um, And where they're missing out on it is even brands are just starting out. They'll say like, let's just start with driving traffic, spending our money on paid media, which is a good place to be. But a lot of them will miss out on the super little, the super little touches that really make a brand um, come together and make customers really appreciate it. So where I like to start personally with that is across a few different channels, whether that just be starting with just email or if you can afford to also have SMS in there, you want to build it out as well, or if you also want to have push notifications. So email marketing is the easiest place you can start to bring in um, this great relationship and and tie things together. So what I would say is just having like some regular, there's some regular aspects to your email. So email gets broken down into realistically two areas and so does SMS and that's flows and campaigns. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that email goes just beyond them gather a list and just send a message to this list of people. Um, that's what your campaigns are where you're, you're sending a broad message to the larger aspect of the group or even broken down segments of that group. Um, what really develops this relationship is your flows. So flows are emails and messages that get sent based on triggers. So after someone's made a purchase or maybe after someone's spent a certain amount of money with you or after someone's uh, made X amount of purchases with you. So one of my favorite things to do is on that post-purchase flow, which would be the flow after someone's made a purchase, we'll create a couple different versions of that. So after you've made your first purchase, it might come with a message that says like, Hey, these are the founders. We deeply appreciate that you're supporting our brand. It's your first time shopping with us. Here's some really important information I want you to know about. Uh, maybe the materials of the product, where the products come from, what the mission of the brand is, and those kinds of things. Maybe on the second purchase, we want to alter that message so that when that same person buys for the second time, they're going to get a message that just um, says like, wow, thanks again for coming back. It really pre- We really appreciate you supporting the brand further. We're happy that you liked uh, what you got uh, the first time that you actually are coming back to us. And then maybe on that third message, you want to give them a reward. So what I try to, I, I try to instill into a lot of brands that I work with is don't be afraid to reward your heaviest users. And something that I love doing is finding out what their margin is of the product, figuring out at what point are you still profitable if you did offer a slightly heavier discount that you might not offer uh, to a first time buyer or second time buyer. So that's things like, oh, offer them a discount code for 15 bucks off their next purchase, but it has to be a minimum order of $60 or something like that. So reward them on their um, on their third or fourth purchase. Uh, and then that's instantly going to push them over to making their fourth or fifth purchase at that point. So there's very little things you can do and very little areas you can pop into to do some cool things like that. Like for some of our other clients, um, when a user is on, maybe they've come to the website five times that week and they've made a purchase, we'll have an email that shows up that 
because we're able to track if how many times you visited the website and all that kind of good stuff, right? So on that fifth email, we'll put a little funny message in there that says like, hey, this is like Judy from customer support. I spoke to the big boss and I managed to get you 10 bucks off your next order if you want to make, if you place your order within 24 hours. So there's a lot of these little things that you can do to make that customer experience a lot more fun. Um, and a lot of it you can automate. You just have to build it out once and you can start tracking it to see exactly how it's doing, if it's performing well, if it's not performing well. So it's a lot of little things like that that you can do that really, um, can up the customer experience and make people more fond of your band brand, remember your brand. And if it's funny enough or cool enough, they actually might even go share it on social media for other people to see. Okay. So you mentioned a few things. So you're mentioning for brands, maybe to offer discount codes. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever ran into maybe some of your customers and just in general brands that are afraid okay. to offer discount codes? Cause it's in some way, maybe like they feel it's cheapening their products. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever encountered that? Oh, yeah, all the time. We have a lot of brands that will like, uh, I feel like a lot of founders will try to emulate either they're okay with doing some discounts or they'll be like, no, we want to be like Apple in our space. We don't want to do any discounts at all. And that's totally fine. So there's other ways you can kind of get around that by um, making different offers, doing different types of giveaways. So maybe instead of offering a discount or um, anything like that, I tell them like, hey, are you open offering a gift card? Because that doesn't cheapen the brand. It, it acts more of like a giveaway saying we want to give you this 15 bucks. And sometimes a lot of users will actually respond better to saying, oh, hey, we want to give you money to spend. So you should spend this money rather than just saying here's 15% discount code. It's a great thing to split test. As well as I tell a lot of those guys too, I'm like, look, there's so many products that we can offer for free on certain days. Like great merch, like making water balls isn't too expensive. Making really cool pins isn't too expensive. Like things that people will hang around and essentially act as free advertising for you when they carry it around. Um, Or even stickers, people love stickers. So it's just Mm -hmm. grabbing these little pieces of merch that might've cost you 50 cents to create or a dollar to create or something like that, that doesn't hurt your bottom line too much. Offer those things for free. Like we had this one brand that sells wine and they made these really, really cool beanies that they're like, hey, with every first purchase, we're going to offer these beanies. Because you're so used to going to a website and getting 10 or 15% off and things like that. Um, but these guys were like, no, 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 no discounts, no discounts ever. And I was like, okay, do you have anything cool that we can offer these people for the first time purchase? And he's like, we have a box of 200 beanies that we never managed to get rid of. And I'm like, cool, we're going to offer everybody a free beanie with that first order. And what we managed to see was we managed to watch their uh, sign-up form rate go from like 2-3% where it just said, hey, join our family and sign up for uh, first access to products. So it went up to 25% from people just wanting to get that free beanie. So everybody was coming to the website, one in four people were signing up for this email rather than like two in 100 people. Oh, okay. Yeah, even when I go to, like, the first thing I think of is even just going to the LCBO and seeing, Mm -hmm. like, the cups on the bottles. You know how sometimes they (laughs) offer, like, those, like, cups or, like, a water bottle. The cool little shot glasses. Yeah, like, even for me, like, I bought, like, a bigger bottle of vodka because they're giving me, Mm -hmm. like, a glass water bottle with it. And, like, they'll offer, like, a little cup on one of them, but maybe not the other one. So I'd, like, take the cup off, Mm -hmm. put it on, or, like, just buy more just because yeah, they're offering yeah. like those little cute cups so no i'm just trying to think like yeah or um, some of them have the little like other drinks like attached to them where it's like oh here's a free yeah. shot of this oh yeah you always want everybody loves getting like free extra stuff and that's like a great way to not cheapen your brand and that's a, mm-hmm. that's a big thing that apple even does now right apple's like known for like barely ever going on discount if they do it's like five percent or a student discount or something like that but they yeah. always do the back to school, like, oh, get a free pair of Beats with this laptop or get a free pair of Beats with your headphones or something like that. I feel like they bought Beats just to be able to give free Beats away um, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to companies. But but yeah, that's, that's, that's a big thing I push for is like you either kind of want to go to be able to offer a discount. If you can't offer a discount, you can offer gift cards and giveaways um, to your brand because like mm-hmm. you giving away $300 to your brand isn't you losing $300. It's you mm-hmm. 
maybe losing 50 to 150 bucks depending on what your your product actually costs um and if you don't want to do any of that go the other route where like pins are super cheap to make sticker packs are super cheap to make beanies water bottles like anything that you think um people might want to pick up extra or if you're a mm-hmm. brand that can offer like some type of knowledge um it's always great and easy to offer knowledge so we have another client that sells um at home gym equipment and what they did was they reached out to a couple of uh, fitness influencers to write these free programs that if you spend over a certain amount, you're going to get their free program with that dumbbell set or like the squat rack and those things. You're talking about flows and the overall customer experience. Obviously, there's different channels to retarget or to mm-hmm. um, keep your current customers active. So how do you use you know channels like SMS, like email marketing, push notifications mm-hmm. in that overall flow state? Like, do you use email marketing for you know, a certain goal versus SMS, like what, mm-hmm. how do you use those all so that it kind of is in synergy with each other? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's like three levels that I like to stick to. I feel like most um, email agencies slash like retention agencies focus on mainly two things. They'll focus on uh, email marketing, they'll focus on SMS. Um, SMS was this thing that, I mean, it's always been around, but brands have started to utilize it a lot more heavily to collect, uh, just click phone numbers and they'll treat you slightly better on uh, SMS. So when you go to a website, most times you'll sign up for email and they'll offer you 10% and you'll see the SMS pop up and they'll offer you 15%. So they'll treat you a little bit better for getting onto that SMS rather than just getting onto email because they know that uh, you have higher odds of seeing the SMS. You're not going to subscribe to a billion brands the way you do with your email. There's a third uh, option that we like to put into there eventually down the line that a lot of brands are still not doing to this day. So um, there's two companies out there that you can actually build an app for your store with. And it's like no code. It's very easy to do. And they're both Shopify based. So anybody who's on Shopify can use them really easily. One of them is called Tapcart and the other one's called Global. Um, We use a lot of their stuff for a lot of our brands pretty heavily, uh, especially Tapcart. So with those, you're able to create a push notification experience through the app, which costs nothing, which I love for my customers because email, you get a great return. SMS, you get a great return. Like typically in the retention channels, you're seeing anywhere from like a minimum of, I'd say 20X and that's on the low end to as high as like three, four, 500 time return on your spend. Um, compared to paid media where you're getting anywhere from like a 0.5 to maybe a 5, 10X, um, depending on how everything's going, your retention's always gonna be way higher. So within email, it's like, I kind of treat email as that foundation layer. It's like, you're you're part of our community. Um, you're there, you're gonna get known of products, you're gonna get known of sales. But if you wanna get those, uh, those early sales, those early product releases and those types of things, that's where I like to bring in SMS and the push notification at the very top. So SMS does tend to get a little bit more expensive. Every time you send a single text message, it costs a cent. Once you have a list of 100,000 people, a million people, it starts to get really, really expensive just to send those text messages. If you want to send a text message that includes an image or a GIF or something like that, you're at three cents per message. So if you are sending a image and just a couple of uh, a couple of line of text, now you're at four cents per person that you're sending to. So when you had a, a million people on your list, the way like brands like, I think we're not really strangers, like this board game brand that exists, they have a million people on text from what I think I've read. And they're just, they're not even promoting their product all the time. They're just sending people quotes and like funny messages here and there. And that can probably get really, really, really expensive. So one of the reasons I love push notification with having your own app, like a brand like Tapcart and Plobal is you're not paying per message. You're just paying a monthly fee to have your app uh, hosted. And because all of it's sent through data rather than through SMS, uh, it's all entirely free. Like we have brands that are 
on plans that cost 900 or a thousand dollars a month and they can send as many messages as they want to like the 50,000 100,000 people that we have on push notification and their apps are making them several hundred thousand dollars a month uh, in sales and acts as like a whole different shopping experience another great thing about it is that i'll tell brands to like introduce your products but put them behind like a paywall a uh, password wall so that only those who are on sms get the password and they get access to it so you're, you're trying to push people through these tiers to yeah you're trying to push them up to tiers of where they're going to be. So email, everyone gets all like a million emails. It's not really going to appear on your lock screen as much because it's buried with all the other emails. SMS is slowly getting to that point too. It's like you're getting so many messages on your phone and with majority of users that are actively shopping all the time on these e-com brands being Apple users, when you look at your lock screen, you can actually see that it's like a stack of messages, right? Especially on text. And you got to tap the stack to open the stack to see all the messages that you have in there. So now your SMS is also getting buried, like the same way email does. Um, and no one's just opening their lock screen, going straight to their email. Everyone's going to read their text messages first and those other things. The thing I love about having your own app and having push notifications is because you get a push notification from the app. It acts as a specific area on the lock screen. It doesn't get buried behind messages or text or anything. It just sits live right there. So you get the plainest clear of sight to your customer right off the bat, which is a really cool thing with that. Um, so the way I like to treat like that ecosystem as a whole is if we can at least get you on email, that's my first goal. And then through email, we're trying to convert you into SMS, whether it be offering you a bigger discount down the line, whether it be offering you a giveaway, because like using different email tools like Klaviyo or Sendlane and all these other tools, you're able to create segments. So I can create a segment, maybe I have 100,000 people total on my email list. I can say, hey, let's make a list of people who haven't opted in for SMS, but we have their email. Maybe that's 50,000 yeah. people. Now when it messages 50,000 people and say, hey, We'll give you 20% off today only if you join the SMS list and take them to a landing page where they can give us their phone number. If we have them on both and we want to try to push them to the app next, then we'll push them to the app next. But the app is pretty easy to grow because it can act as its own sales channel. So I can release a product on the app before I do on the actual website. So whenever I do an email on a new product, we'll be like, hey, this product came out today. But if you had the app, it actually came out yesterday. You could have got access to it. Oh, and when you work with a lot of so Yeah. Cool. When you work with a lot of brands that sell out, like literally when they drop products, if you didn't have the app, you didn't even have a single chance to get the product, right? Yeah. So the app can work in a lot of really great ways too. As well as when you just think about exiting your company one day, like mm -hmm. the more retention channels you have overall, even if there's overlap, it's great. That's what brands love because you could totally dial down every other aspect of your uh, advertising. And in Q4, that's where, where you're making all of your money is all of the customers you've already retained. Okay, that brings me then to my next question, because I know a lot of brands focus on customer acquisition, and they're mm -hmm. kind of spearhead and, and it's more <laughs> narrow thinking in just focusing on yeah. customer acquisition, but sometimes neglect retention, mm -hmm. that obviously is resulting in your repeat business. So what mm -hmm. are the conversations that you have with founders or brands that you work with that ultimately gets them to start taking retention seriously? Yeah, I mean, honestly, most of the time, I'll just kind of show them what we've done with uh, the other brands, a lot of other brands, like we've seen Anywhere from like a five to a 10% boost just out of setting up a couple of things that can take as little as a week or two. Like there was a brand I recently did an audit for, and I'm not gonna say the brand name, but like I was looking at their stuff and I just from looking at it for five minutes, they're a brand that does $700,000 a month. And just from looking at it for five minutes, I could I told them, I was like, you'll make an extra hundred grand just off of me setting up these two things. Like it's, there's, there's such simple things that a lot of these brands are missing. Um, and the greatest thing about retention versus paid media, paid media has this, it's great, but it's also very hard for agencies. They'll either do really great for you. They'll do okay for you, 
or they're gonna do terrible for you because they can actually lose your money working in paid media. Um, that's the biggest issue. Like I've seen media buyers who will spend a lot of money and not get that much return because the creative might not have been great and wasn't just working all that well. And that's that's the cost of working like in paid media. But when you work at when you work with retention, you can't really lose somebody that much money unless your your retainer is outrageous and they're not able to bring you a return. Um, majority of the time, I'm able to just kind of show a brand like, hey, this is my prediction of how much I can make you right off the bat being conservative, but I think I can do way more than this. And it's going to be way more than what the retainer typically costs, depending on how big their list is um, and depending on how much traffic they actually have going on in the moment. So it's pretty easy to convert them because you have this like general checklist that you start with to see what they're missing. And then you optimize from there, which takes months to optimize as you continue to test everything to the moon, whether it's a discount that works, whether it's to change the color of this button from red to black, is that converting higher and what you might want to do. So um there's so much you can do and retention is great because you're not you don't stand to lose any money it's so cheap to have an email marketing program or an sms program or any of these other programs with the returns that everyone's getting there's no shot you lose money 99 percent mm -hmm. of the time um unless your product actually isn't even selling in to, to begin with but if your brand's already doing anywhere from like a couple thousand dollars a month plus you only stand to make money implementing these programs especially because they have free versions to begin with anyway so you can build on the free version and if you're doing well in the free version then you upgrade so you can hit more people and scale that out ah okay mm -hmm. and i know often customers don't mm -hmm. really subscribe on the first time that they purchase a product. Maybe mm -hmm. they're not subscribed totally to the brand. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about what it takes for a customer to come back for like a second time or third mm -hmm. time? Um, like what can brands watch out for? Yeah. So that's the other really cool thing that you can do with these tools is because they all integrate into big commerce and Shopify so well. And that like there has been this ecosystem that has been built. Um, the ecosystem did get hurt with Apple rolling out like iOS 14.5, which did a lot mm -hmm. of damage to Facebook's pixel that could track you and to like break that down before we jump into kind of some strategies we use is that when iOS 14.5 came out, um, if you had the Facebook app on your phone, the Instagram app, the messenger app, the uh, WhatsApp app, they they could basically track you across apps. You could be doing something in a different app. And if you Googled search something, it would be able to track you. Like if I opened Safari, went to Nike.com, then I opened Instagram and I got a Nike ad. It's because it was able to track you across your across your apps. So a lot of people start to realize after they updated their phone that they were getting this notification when they installed an app saying, do you want to let this app track you across apps? Obviously, everyone's saying no. 96% of people opted out from that tracking, which did a huge damage to retargeting. Uh, top of funnel was totally fine because you're hitting people that have maybe never seen the products and those things. But now you're not able to hit people that were just visiting your website if they're opted out like those 96%, right? Um. So we're able to bring a good amount of that back through these other tools. So let's say you come to a website. Let's say you fill in your email for that 10% discount and then you bail. Uh, maybe you unsubscribe and you're not subscribed anymore. Um, I actually have a list of people now that are unsubscribed in the back end of our email marketing tools and our, our databases, right? We can actually push that full list to Facebook, to Instagram, to Snapchat, to any oh. platform we want. If you've signed up with the same email there to the same uh, email that you were uh, shopping with or that you built your... Um, that you made your Facebook account, Instagram account, or whatever account with, it'll match those profiles. And now we can target you with advertising. So a lot of the data that is like missing now through um, targeting through um, the pixels, 
we can actually bring back as long as you have that a great offer that is able to gather email in some type of way or SMS in some type of way. It'll push all that data back and try to match them. Mm. Um, so it actually brings back a lot of stuff. So something that's really easy is that like, although we might not do the paid marketing for somebody, um, we might be just doing the email or the SMS or just consulting for that brand. We'll still go take a look at the the paid media and say like, oh, hey, why aren't you running this campaign to people who've unsubscribed in the last 60 days with like a wicked offer to bring them back? Um, some brands that we work with do subscription, subscription coffee, subscription mm. um, protein powders and those types of things. And we'll see, we'll basically create a segment of people that will automatically populate every time somebody unsubscribes and that list will grow. And then I'll say, hey, you should offer these people like a larger incentive to bring them back, whether you're giving them a gift, whether you're giving them a bigger discount for the first three months or whatever it might have been. You can easily recover those people if you make that effort. And it's like mm-hmm. all these brands are spending so much money for cost of acquisition. And then they neglect the people that like recently churned out or may not have purchased in the last year or so with building them a good campaign that will bring them back. You'll likely, even though you're offering them a discount, you have higher odds of bringing them back if they didn't have the worst experience with you versus trying to go and hunt down a million new people every single day on Facebook, which is just getting more and more expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two things out of that that... that- yeah came to mind one because you're talking about retargeting mm-hmm. um for me what i've noticed is there's like one brand on my feed that just keeps like retargeting <laughs> me and i think it's yeah. like doing that for a lot of people in my network is there ever such thing and i was looking at their mm-hmm. comments on their social media because i was curious to see how people respond to this and a lot of people yeah. were annoyed is there ever <laughs> such thing as over targeting mm-hmm. um and does that actually negatively impact the brand yeah, for sure. So you can over-target for sure. And that's something that um, when you're running paid media, you want to keep an eye on the frequency. And even when you're when you're running email, you want to keep an eye on the frequency of how many emails are these people getting, whether it be in a week, in a month. I mean, with paid media, it's how many times have they seen this ad in the last seven days, 30 days, and those things. Uh, within paid media, depending on like where you are at the funnel and maybe the offer that you're trying to show them, a lot of people will just look at what is the return I'm getting on this ad spend? So for every dollar I'm spending, how much am I making? If you're getting like... If you're hitting way above your goal, they're going to let the frequency kind of ride up as high as they want it to go. There is a point where you'll see frequency getting super high and your return on ad spend starting to go low from it because those people just don't care for it anymore. Um, If you're a smart brand, you'll set a frequency cap where you're like, I don't want people to see this more than six times, 20 times, 15 times, whatever that might be, whatever that sweet Mm -hmm. spot is. But your paid media team should be able to tell you what that number is um and depending on the offer that you're running essentially sometimes it takes literally 30 times for someone to convert and yeah. if that's working they're not getting annoyed you're in a good spot because also if you're getting annoyed by an ad you can also click the little three dots and say like i don't want to see this anymore i'm not interested i'm seeing it too much and like facebook takes that as feedback and it will raise their cost of uh cpm usually mm. it'll raise the cost of them running those ads because it'll say the ad's not good quality they're spamming it too much and those types of things so it's always something you got to keep in mind to watch a good media buyer will watch what your cpm is how many times people are seeing it what's the ROAS, and all that kind of good stuff instead of just how much money am i making my client yeah. um when it comes to email we'll keep track of the unsubscribes and those kinds of things so email and sms have this really awesome feature in most products called uh, smart sending and what okay. smart sending lets you do is um let's say you had added something to cart you had left and you're meant to get that abandoned cart email saying like hey you left this in your cart but i'm already sending you a campaign so instead of you getting um that abandoned cart as well as a campaign all in one go 
uh, that next day, I can turn on smart sending, which will basically neglect one email from coming to you. It'll just say like, let's not send this person that email. We'll skip them out because they're already getting this other one. So you can mm -hmm. set up smart sending on emails that might not be as high converting or just like more knowledge based that don't basically make as many sales as ones that might be discount based or gift based. Um, yeah to avoid people getting too many messages. You know, that's you, just, you gotta keep an okay. eye on so unsubscribe rate. How many people are unsubscribing that month versus how many people are subscribing? If it's too high, turn on some smart sending and, and avoid that. And if you're a media buyer, set a frequency cap so you're not hitting somebody 50 times with the same ad. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. And then in terms of, cause you're talking about subscription models and I think that's something mm -hmm. um, even just I've been hearing in the last couple of years that people, that brands are trying to focus on. Mm -hmm. Is there any, like what's the most outrageous subscription model or out there <laughs> subscription model that you've seen? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of people out there who are like, these people came from like the dropshipping community, I want to say, where they'll like okay. put you into an inscription unknowingly, like where you think oh. you're signing up for something that isn't a subscription. Um, there's a lot of brands that will like, when you load up the page, obviously you have the option to buy one time or you have the option to subscribe and save. Some will default to the subscribe and save. And if you're not paying attention, you've accidentally subscribed to uh, a program you didn't mean to subscribe to. And you got to keep an eye on your credit card to make sure that you're not getting charged 15 bucks a month for something and it's coming every single month unless you wanted it, right? So it's uh, some stuff that some people do some stuff like that. Um, you got to be careful of, but a lot of people are being like very transparent, so transparent about it. And I think it's become a larger and larger issue for like the FTC um, and the SEC and all that kind of stuff to make sure that like this stuff isn't happening um, <laughs> and brands aren't scamming people because a lot of brands have done this in the past and like have made a lot of money doing it, right? So um, some of the subscription models that exist right now and like some things you can do through email and some things you can do through retention and paid media is if someone's made a purchase two or three times from you, why wouldn't you send them a message saying like, hey, we saw you purchase this three times in the last six weeks. Did you know if you were on subscription, you would have got the same amount and you would have saved like 20%. Um, mm. So you can very easily just inform them of things like that. And like anybody who's made those multiple purchases, again, like something that a lot of paid media people aren't doing and a lot of um, agencies aren't doing is saying, let's take that email list of people who've bought this X amount of times in that day period and advertise them as well. So not only just send them a message on email or SMS, but also like show them on social media. Mm. Hey, we see you. Did you know you did this? Like, here's that discount you could have had. Um, so just instilling like those offers in them because everybody wants to save money. Who doesn't want to save money at the end of the day? Right. Yeah. So you might as well just educate them as best you can through as many channels as you can. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. And talking about channels, uh, what channels, I guess, in your opinion, are underutilized to retain customers? So can you share mm -hmm. some advantages of one channel over the other that benefits the overall customer yeah. buying journey? Yeah, I mean, I do think um, channels like having your own app are underutilized. I think everybody yeah. is starting to use email. If a brand isn't using email, it just blows my mind at this point. If you've grown <laughs> to not have email. Um, so a lot of brands that aren't using email, like you, emails, like you need to have it 100%, like zero doubt in my mind. Um, I've seen brands get away with not doing SMS. You don't have to do SMS, but it is yeah. SMS is a great tool to have. Um, but I believe the most underutilized thing out there is definitely having something like Tapcart or Global being being your own app and having your own messaging system because you can offer a community yeah. access through there. It doesn't have to just be um, selling products. You can also you can also have a ton of stuff in there. So there was another podcast that I did an interview on and they said, okay, cool, like, but not every brand can have an app. And I said, okay, let's try it. Ask me any question. So they threw out the idea of a hammer company that only sells hammers. They're like, all we do is sell hammers. That's it. Like, 
nothing <laughs> else right now. Um, and I said, yeah, you can have an app. And they're like, how would we do an app? So essentially what I told them was a lot of people don't, um, they don't realize that blogging is still such a great thing. Like content is so good for brands. So I told them to hire somebody on like Fiverr, you can probably find somebody for super cheap, like a VA that can write you simple like DIYs. Like this is how to build a desk. This is how to build a tree house. What do you need to build all of these things? Some wood, some nails and a hammer, right? So it's like, hey, down, like if I went to the Home Depot and I saw two hammers and one of them was just 10 bucks, the other one was also 10 bucks. But, but option B said, hey, we have an app you can download that has a ton of DIYs. You can do different DIY whenever you want and we'll walk you through it. I'm buying the hammer that comes with all the DIYs in the free app because I'm going to learn things and become more better of a handyman, right? Um, and then I told him, I was like, it's also great because now you can say, we'll drop a, we'll send you a notification once a week when we have a new DIY for you. And then whenever they expand the product line to these other things, as their hammer company grows to sell nails and like other tools and things, I'm going to, I'm going to know because they're going to message me. I'm not going to have to be like that first brand where it has to waste that top of funnel marketing to tell me, did you know we dropped these other products? Right. Mm. So it's just a matter of like growing retention and building a community and building a real brand. So like, Another good example of this and like why blogs are so good is because a lot of people think in email marketing and in general marketing, oh, I got to push them discounts. I got to tell them about the product 24 seven, those types of things. You can write a blog that's relevant to it. So like the coffee company that we work with, will send a blog about like cool drinks that you can make with it. No discount is, is like implied in there at all. It's just like an email we'll send out that says like, hey, go to the blog. We put up like five new drink recipes. Um, and it's just like a small reminder of like, hey, you can get your coffee beans on a subscription right mm -hmm. so it's pretty easy to uh implement some of those other things so i definitely think like apps are the most underutilized because there's so much stuff you can put in yeah. them um versus like a website might get start to get slowed down and bogged down the more you try to put into it you can save like some of these really cool things and say hey this is like exclusive to the app you have to be in the app to get recipes or to get diys or get this extra mm -hmm. bit of knowledge that kind of exists yeah do you ever feel that blogs are just oversaturated that like every brand kind of just has their own blog? Like how do you differentiate <laughs> between the other brands that are doing that? No, because like, honestly, I like to use the blogs as like a thing for the community that's like hardcore there and like actually cares for you. So like you might have brought people in for the product and then you're just rewarding them with extra like materials that reminds them of your brand. Um, I don't think blogs are oversaturated. Like there's definitely a lot of blogs that exist, but at the end of the day, if your brand is growing and you can drive more people to it through email. Like if you can drive 20, 30,000 hits just through like one message to your current community of people that love your brand. Um, why wouldn't you? Because you'll just start to rank higher on Google when people like are searching mm. those things. Like it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of free benefits that just come with it through the SEO, through that extra traffic that ranks you higher. So I definitely mm. do. I like, I, I think like every brand should have a blog regardless of like how many of the same blogs has been written like in existence because if your brand is growing, it's just a, it's an easy way for you to make more money to educate your user base um, and climb SEO for free, essentially. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess this overlaps with my next question, but what are yeah. maybe like two to three mistakes that you've noticed brands are making with their current retention marketing strategies? Mm -hmm. And um, like, why do you think they're making these mistakes and how can they fix them? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that usually happens is that um brands aren't educated in the realm so like i have a lot of uh brands that will come to me or agencies that will come to me saying um they want to become full service so they might have just done paid before and they want to now do email marketing retention marketing and offer that for their clients as well because their clients are happy with their service they're they're interested in more services 
Um, a lot of times the brands and agencies that I've spoken to and seen, they just know the basics. The basics are everywhere. You can just Google basics of email marketing and it'll say like, make these like six flows. Um, it's when you get to the more complex things slash the things that might be, um, when you're more experienced in the field, it's kind of like, you'll just learn things and be able to apply them for, for all your brands. So like there's a brand, uh, out of Vancouver that came, um, to work with us and we did a quick audit for them before starting and me doing my quick audit. They asked me how much more can you make us? This is a brand that already does five, $600,000 a month in sales. Me implementing this one additional flow for them that I'll explain in a second, made them an extra $40,000 a month. Like just that alone was way more wow. than my retainer even was for that initial first month. And they were like, wow, okay, cool. We're sold. We're going to work with you forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that one flow that exists is a flow that a lot of these uh, email marketing tools um, essentially allow, allow you to build through some custom code. So the most classic flow that everybody knows about is the abandoned cart. So when you go to mm -hmm. a website and you add something to cart and you get to check out and you type in your email and you say, I don't want this anymore and you bail and you get that message that says like, Hey, Sophia, you left this, uh, this product in your cart. We want to offer you 15, 20% off. Um, that's, that's a great way to bring people back. Right. This other flow that kind of exists is kind of like one, one step down from that flow. And it's through a tracker of like JavaScript, JavaScript and cookies, um, that you can basically implement to your website in literally five minutes of coding. Um, essentially what it does is if you came to the website and you got that pop-up and you left your email signing up for the discount, um, then you went and added the product to cart, but let's say you didn't go all the way to your checkout and you didn't put your email in, you just hit add to cart and then you left the website because you're cookied and because you already gave consent with your email. I can now email you saying like, Hey, Sophia, you left this in your cart. And you might think like, Oh wow, I hit add to cart, but I never went and left my email. It's because you're being tracked at that point And you can set up that flow that just hits people who weren't able to go all the way to checkout to leave that email. So that wow. one additional flow can usually make you anywhere from 20 to 50% of what your abandoned cart makes you. So if your abandoned cart's already making you hundred grand a month, you can pick up another 20 to 50 G's just from adding this one extra flow into, into into your kind of like list of flows. And that's one that's not like widely like broadcasted or like mentioned in places. And there's a lot of brands that are doing like five, 600,000, a million dollars a month that I'll look at and I'll say like, hey, by the way, if you just set up this one thing that you probably didn't know about, you're gonna pick up thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. So that's insane. There's a lot um, of like basics like that. Or even just like another one that a lot of people don't use is like a site abandonment flow, um, which is okay. so you have people who come to the website if they check out and if they go to check out, type in their email, they leave. They're getting the, the abandoned cart, right? Now you know about the one that if someone just hits add to cart and leaves, they're getting that email. There's another one that's like widely broadcasted as a flow that everybody should have called browse abandonment. And this is just people coming to your website. If they already signed up on email, if they just look at a product and leave, they're going to get an email saying, we saw you looking at this product. There's oh, another yeah. one below all that called site abandonment that nobody has really set up. It's not like a basic one that's like included in the list that you should have. It's one that we kind of just like discovered, like doing research and talking to other retention marketers. And that's if people don't do anything but visit the homepage and leave. They don't look at a product. They don't add to cart. They don't do anything. They just visit the homepage and leave. Why wouldn't you send them a message? Once mm. maybe every, you can set it so it sends once every 14 days, once every 30 days. Mm -hmm. um, or if someone's visited your website five times in a week but hasn't done anything or looked at a product, probably have huge intent to buy something from your website, even though they haven't looked at anything. They just visit the homepage. If someone's visited yeah. your website five times in one week, maybe you want to give them an offer to say like, hey. Yeah here's 10% off or here's 20% off um, mm -hmm. to try to convert them. So 
it's uh, a lot of um, a lot of companies kind of just like Google like the basics and like they don't really go deeper. And I feel like the knowledge isn't really being shared excessively on these like extra on these extra things you could be doing, which is why a lot of them kind of like just miss it and they don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess like talking more about the tools, because I know you mentioned a bunch of mm-hmm. um, really cool tools that brands can use, like Tapcard and, mm-hmm. and Clavio Free Meal Marketing. Are there any other tools that you recommend brands use to help improve their retention strategies? Yeah. So w- there's a couple of websites that are just like basic tools that you can use to um, just like learn and track your competitors and those types of things. So one mm-hmm. is a, it's a website called Milled. So it's M-I-L-L-E-D.com. It's a completely mm-hmm. free website. Anybody can go on it and it tracks, I believe, over 100,000 100, brands and emails that they're sending. Um, oh wow yeah so you can just go on there type in like nike and you can see every email nike usa nike japan is sending um there's a lot of massive brands on it and there's a lot of small brands that you'd be surprised so if you have competitors or brands that you kind of like aspire to look up to and you don't want to make another email address and subscribe to them and just try to track them as best you can you can go on there and you can kind of see a lot of the emails that they're sending out when they were sending them out so like Maybe this is your first year that your brand has been set up and you're planning for Q4 and you're like, I have no idea what to do for Q4. I wonder what all those other brands that are kind of like us did in Q4. You can go on Milled and you can um, literally flip through the pages till you get back to like last December, last November, last October. Um, Take a look at what they were sending. You can build your calendar off of that and see what offers they're doing. Um, another really great one is called... Um, you have to you have to have a Clavio account to do it. But you can go to showcase.clavio.com um, and you mm-hmm. can see... Clavio is tracking a ton of the top brands as well. So you can actually see a lot of uh, emails that they're sending out. You can also see SMS examples that were there as well. So you can see what SMS people are sending as well. Um, so those are two great tools. Another great tool is called HolidayInsights.com. HolidayInsights.com is a website that has every holiday for literally everything you've ever heard of or probably not heard of. It's my favorite uh, thing about it. So I can mm-hmm. go to January. I can click January and I can see... January 1st, we'll have like six different holidays. It might be like National Pancake Day. And I had no idea it was National Pancake Day. Um, so you can see like a list of all these different holidays. So when you're building your calendar out for all the messages you want to send, you might have two weeks that are empty and you go like, what could I possibly do in the middle of July? And then you find out it's National Hot Dog Day or something like that. Wow. You might not even be selling hot dogs, but maybe you as a founder just love hot dogs. And you're going to send an email out saying like, hey, what's up? I'm Apton. I'm the founder. I love hot dogs, even though I'm selling, I don't know, like hammers today only i want to offer you like 20 percent off using code hot dog because it means something to me so you're gonna have fun with it and do some really like weird things um to really just come up with like a bunch of different stuff so i, f- I feel like that's another like fa- uh falling point for brands is that they'll only do major holiday stuff they won't really do quirky fun things like this and i feel those quirky fun things are like what people love to share and talk about saying so like yo i figured this code out you can go use this code and it's the most random thing and people laugh about it so um, mm-hmm. Definitely using all those tools to research other brands is a huge thing to do rather than just trying to YOLO your way through it and just go like, oh, well, like <laughs> I, I, th- I think this, this is kind of what I'm seeing everybody do. And it's if you're going to do what everybody else does, like it'll work to an extent with retention, but you'll take it a step further doing unique things and having fun with it um, and being able to research other brands like this. Because a lot of these other big brands are doing cool things like this that go like unseen or unspoken about. Yeah, no, those are awesome. Um, I think those are so helpful because, yeah, I mean, like a lot of brands are trying to look for tools or like tricks. And obviously there's like a lot of, I guess, sources out there, but it's just Mm -hmm. about finding like the right tools to utilize. (laughs) Um, So, no, I really appreciate that. And then just bring us to the last couple of questions. 
have you noticed any up and coming retention tra- uh, channels or strategies that owners uh, should mm-hmm. look out for besides like the current ones in place? And what are those? Yeah. So like messenger bots on Facebook was a really big thing mm-hmm. for a while. It's honestly still a really big thing. It's just like, I feel like a lot of uh, the younger gen isn't using Facebook as actively as they used to. Um, and messenger yeah. bots was basically like you could DM any page and say a specific code word and it would, it would activate oh. like a flow basically for you saying like DM me saying the word, I don't know, like discount and we'll send you a discount or something like that and that would subscribe you to their list of messengers uh people on messenger that you could send to that they could send to um it's becoming a thing on instagram now so there is a tool out there i'm forgetting the name of it they have a logo of an octopus um that lets you actually automate stuff like that so they, they were one of the first ones to get automation for facebook and now they can that same tool lets you automate messages through instagram so if you have a large Instagram page of some kind and you want and you know you get good engagement, you get good reach, and you want to make a post saying like you want to do a contest and people just have to DM you to be able to run a contest, um, you can just make the post automated through there. Anybody who says contest gets added to that list and that becomes like a really big retention channel that you can then use because I, I feel like that's still very new. Not many brands are doing it right now on Instagram. Um, the other really good thing with that though is that it feeds your algorithm. So the way Instagram works and all these other tools works is they want to show you more of what you want to see, right? They're going to show you more of that influencer that you're liking, the brand that you're liking, but mainly your friends when you're liking their stuff, right? Mm. So what ends up happening is if all of these users are DMing this account, Instagram looks at that and says like, okay, Sophia, you follow like a thousand people, but like you're DMing 50 of your friends and this one brand. They're going to put that brand above everybody else they're going to put it with that group of 50 people that you're constantly dming and talking to that your friends um so it essentially helps your algorithm as a whole too and it's it it does a lot of extra things outside of just like hey now i'm getting this person subscribe that i can send them a message um so there's a lot of these like extra things that you can do that like come into effect but it's like is it a high priority i think like in order of priority i would focus on email then building out your SMS, um, then building out your app, and then also looking at these additional channels based on how big your following is. Because you'd be shocked. There's so many brands that exist out there that have like 20K, 50K, 100K followers, but like are crushing it and doing like literally hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. And like social media might be like a great thing for them, but isn't like the biggest thing for them. Like um, yeah. there's a brand out there called Hero Cosmetics that just recently sold for $680 million dollars. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. I wonder how big their Instagram is. I went to the Instagram. It had like 140,000 followers, something like that. Like you would have never guessed this brand sold for $680 million. Yeah. When it only had a couple hundred thousand people on the Instagram. Oh, wow. That's like insane. (laughs) And that's just what, because they built, they did a good job of building out their community and just retaining their customers. Yeah. I imagine like they just did. Yeah. They probably did really, really well in the retention channels. Um, I don't really know too deeply to speak on it, but then like, I would imagine they got really deep into retail after and like basically their whole thing is um, they sell creams and like cosmetics and i think they blew up for like it's like little band-aids you put on acne that makes your acne oh, go away patches faster. yeah the patches that's what they became oh, massive for okay I think yeah I yeah so and like when you fall in love with any like any cosmetic brand any like brand like that that has like high retention mm-hmm. it's my favorite yeah. thing on the planet like because now it's like a lot of people come to me saying uh like they want me to advise or invest or like start to work with a brand and because we run like a smaller agency like i want it to be we're very selective on who we work with, right? We want to make sure that we only work with brands that we enjoy working with and we know we're going to work with long-term. So we're very picky about who we bring on. And if you can bring me a brand that is that has great retention, like I'll probably want to invest in it, work with it, like everything across the board because like 
the highest brand that we ever got to make the most off of retention percentage wise of revenue on average when you when you set up email and sms you want to aim to do between 20 to 40 percent of your of your revenue through retention that's a great place to be on average like through the year uh mm -hmm. there was a brand that we got to do it was between 70 to 80 percent plus retention wow. on their brand every single month just through email marketing he was spending maybe a couple hundred bucks just um through paid ads and he was doing between 120 and 150 thousand dollars a month it was a slightly smaller brand but like they were crushing it because they did um wow. they made Why? notebook planners and planner stickers which has crazy retention everyone like everybody in their community was like every month i gotta buy get a new planner for the month every month i gotta get new stickers for the month um and you'd never you'd never believe like a brand like that had such crazy margins slash such crazy retention like there's brands that, like i've worked with that do like protein supplements and food and all this kind of stuff that you think that people would order every single month they'd be doing maybe like 50 to 60 percent and I had never seen something go as high as 78%. Like, and yeah. it, that's something that I always keep an eye on. It's like, obviously, you don't want that percentage to be that high. That means you could obviously be spending a lot more money in your top of funnel. But their mm -hmm. fans were just such diehards. We'd send an email and they'd do like four grand just off of an email um, in sales yeah. for a brand that is only doing $100,000 to $150,000 a month. Is it because he was offering those extra things for his customers? Like, why? Like, how do you think mm -hmm. he got to the 70 to 80% retention in email? We had built some like really in-depth flows and we we're doing some really in-depth testing. So we were working with him for about uh, two years. Um, They're doing about like 30 to 40K a month before they came to us and we helped them mm. uh, scale up to that 150K. Um, we just built really, really deep, unique experiences. So based on if it was your first purchase, second purchase, third purchase, fourth purchase, we went all the way up to like eight purchases. Like you had a unique theme coming to you, a unique offering mm -hmm. coming to you, um, things that were hyper-personalized based on what you were looking at and the groups that we're sending to you. So when your email list does get to that larger point and maybe you're a company that is offering, I was just talking to this company yesterday. They sell, uh, like nipple pasties, they sell mm -hmm. lashes and they sell, um, face creams and there's certain people that are only buying one product from one collection, yeah. but isn't buying the other collections. So I was telling them, why are you emailing all of these people all the time, telling them about these different things when you should just be personalizing it? So anybody who's only buying creams, talk to them about creams. Don't, I mean, you can talk yeah. to them about the other offerings like in other funnels, but mm -hmm. like your post-purchase, like you mentioned, like, hey, you can also grab these lashes, try these lashes because you've never bought them before. But in your regular marketing, like, you can you can very you can very easily narrow in and like send them ads and things that are related to only what they're buying only what they're looking for because it'll, it'll probably cost you less to convert on those things when you send those messages mm -hmm. um so a lot of like stuff like you can do you can personalize it so with him it's like we definitely personalized it a lot because he also had themes he had like space themes plant themes and like different uh, collections so it was like anybody who was like a heavy buyer of like they'd buy a different notebook every month but it'd be like a different plant theme whether it was a sunflower theme or like a cactus theme Mm -hmm. we narrow them in in those areas um, and also show them as other things occasionally, but we'd narrow you in um, to what you loved and what you kept buying. So if you bought something five times and you haven't left that collection to try anything else that we have showed you, just mm -hmm. keep showing you more of that and you're going to convert on that really easily. So mm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I guess because my thought process would be, yeah, like how do I introduce the new products to those uh, customers? And mm -hmm. I guess just zeroing in on that, but then kind of forgetting, yeah, like it's easier to convert on the products that they're already interested yeah. in. Yeah, so there's like, yeah, there's a lot of great apps that like lets you show them your other products. Um, like Zipify, OCU, it's a great app that you can install in any Shopify store. And you can say, if somebody bought X, show them this as an upsell. So somebody like adds the product, checks out, makes a purchase, like it's going to ship to them. And just before you show them their shipping information, you can say, you can add this to your order for like 
10 bucks or something like that. Just try this out uh, this month. So I like to push like new products over there as well as like in the occasional like campaign showing at the bottom and other recommended products that they might like. Um, mm -hmm. But most of the time I like to like hyper personalize and that's where you're going to see like a lot of great revenue. Like when you start doing any of these retention channels, you'll notice like a 10, 20, 30% spike in revenue. But then yeah. when you start to hyper-personalize and do all these extra things, you're only going to go up maybe one, two, three percent like in revenue. And like for some randomers, it might be like, okay, cool. Like we gained the 30%. Like let's move our focus off of this. Why would we care about this one, two, three percent that we can like incrementally do per month? Mm -hmm. And for small brand owners, it might not make that much of a difference. They're making $100,000 a month. Maybe they're only going to make like one to two, three grand a month more. But for brands that are doing a million, $10 million a month, that one, two percent, three percent is like insane for them. Right? Yeah. Or even depending on how tight your margin is, if you're only doing a hundred grand a month, maybe that two, three grand, that's a lot of extra money that you're bringing back for yourself that um, mm -hmm. if you have a great agency you're working with that can do that split testing for you and figure it out, you can make a ton of extra money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. And then <laughs> kind of segueing to our last question now, because mm -hmm. we're moving into Q4. Right. What are some strategies? Obviously, it's like the holiday time, more of the major holidays. Mm -hmm. What are strategies that brands should implement to successfully grow their email marketing list to achieve their Q4 goals? Yeah. So honestly, when I'm talking to people about like growing your first party data, like you want to do that focus like through the whole year. Like, Mm -hmm. the way i speak about the q4 and especially november is like november is the super bowl of like ecom that's like when we're the mm -hmm. busiest we're doing the most work every brand is making the most amount of money um october is great november is just everyone's already they're trying to get early shopping out of the way black friday cyber monday and now no one's even doing black friday anymore they're doing like black friday week or black friday month like yeah. there's something going on the entire month that you got to compete with um so what i always tell people is i'm like you're literally building this list as far as you can for q4 like there's another brand i was working with they were doing about um it was about like 15k a month when they first came to us now they're doing about 80k and it's been maybe like six months that they've been with us um he was hesitant to offer uh 15 off on the mm. first pop-up um and i said it's totally fine he's like oh should i just offer 10 or 5 and i said no, no no you're a new brand you're doing well but you're a new brand like let's let's leave this slightly higher offer we'll dial it down through mm -hmm. the rest of the year once you have like a grown email list and now they've grown their list to be like 50 60 000 people and wow. i said hey if you want to dial it down now it's totally cool too it's gonna you're still gonna convert but instead of converting at like 10 percent, you're gonna convert at maybe six percent but because okay. we have all of those emails now coming into yeah. q4 he's gonna be able to send so many messages to them promote different things to them do so many different things because your retention is so cheap compared to yeah what it costs, what it costs to email a thousand people versus what it costs to show a message to a thousand people on Facebook or Instagram or any yeah. paid media. It's worlds apart, especially because it's like a warm audience of people who they've subscribed for a reason. They were, they were willing to convert at some point. Maybe you just wanted to give them a slightly higher offer um, and those types of things. So definitely I say like collecting all year round is super important because um, when you look at CPM, which is cost to hit a thousand people on social media, it gets so expensive in Q4. Every brand is like up in their budget. They're spending more because like brands are making like 30 to 60% of the revenue in the last like three months of the year versus the rest of the year. Um, mm. So it becomes more and more expensive to hit a thousand people. It becomes more and more expensive to then collect those emails, even if you're converting at a 10% on your website, just get those people to the website was so expensive for you, right? So you definitely want to be collecting through the rest of the year. And because it's it's still early, it's still late September right now. Don't know when this podcast is coming out, but <laughs> you have till the end of October to really gather as much emails as you possibly can before stuff starts to get more and more expensive. 
Uh, okay, mm-hmm. I see. So doing it throughout the year, building that audience, and then it just yeah. it's it gives you more of a base to work yeah, yeah. off of. Something that you can do if if you're in Q4, like great things to do in your retention channels is it's a great time to build an app. It's always a great time to build an app. Oh. You can build your app and have it out within. I'd say like three to six weeks tops. So if you want to start now, mm-hmm. you'll still make it for Q4. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a great thing to do because you can, I've seen a lot of brands they will do Black Friday in their app before they do it anywhere else. Or they'll do Black Friday behind a behind a password wall saying like, join our SMS um, and you'll mm-hmm. get access to Black Friday early or this sale early. Um, so okay. things you can do within your channels, even though it's going to get more expensive to acquire emails. If you already have emails, work to push people from email to SMS or from email and SMS to your app. Um, so build out gotcha. your other channels while you're still in Q4 because that cost doesn't change for you at all, regardless of the time of year. So you're saying the funnel is more email, build out email. Once email's great, try to convert to SMS. Mm-hmm. Then from SMS and email convert, then try to get them on the app. Yeah. I mean, if you can afford it and you have the bandwidth and the time <laughs> to do all of it at the same time, you definitely can. Yeah. You definitely can. But for like, if you're like a smaller brand and you just need to focus on one thing, Email is the number one thing to to get. It's that easiest step to get from them. Phone number is a little more personal. They might not be willing to put it out there. So as long as you can get the email and then gain their trust and get them to love your brand, you'll be able to push them to these other channels very easily. It's really hard to push somebody from like social to social is what I've learned. Like from getting someone to go from like Instagram to Twitter, it's like, it's intensive because not everybody has every social platform, but everybody yeah. has an email, everybody has SMS and everybody has a phone or a smart device that they can get these other things on. So it's very easy to push mm. them through your funnel deeper and deeper. Um, because like realistically, like everyone's got an email, you're subscribed to so many different things and you're at the point where you don't care. You're, you're willing to be subscribed to so many brands and you're willing to delete mm-hmm. the emails. With SMS, you're not willing to be subscribed to a billion different brands on SMS and be deleting them all the time and cleaning them up, right? You're only going to want to be subscribed to maybe five to 10 of your favorite brands. And even that's a lot in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then apps on your screen, like how many apps do you have on your home screen? Like it's, an, you gotta be a mm. really special app to be on someone's home screen at this point or else you're just gonna get lost in the folders or the clutter of the phone. Um, mm-hmm. So I think apps are kind of the thing that's like over over the uh, over the hill that a lot of people need to start looking into because like you can download fashion Nova, it's built on tap card you can download uh the figs app the marshmallow app like marshmallow sells concert tickets through his tap card app um mm. when there's a lot of youtubers getting these apps now that like whenever they post a new video or their merch it's all done through the app right so um you can definitely very easily push people through those funnels um from email to sms to uh, tap card but then the other thing to keep there like apps in general but the other thing to keep in mind is that like you want to treat them slightly differently through the layers like email should be like everyone kind of knows knows what's going on like you can offer discounts and that kind of stuff sms you should offer a slightly more custom experience where um, if they've spent x amount of money with you or if they're just in that club like you might just say sms is vip you get a discount with every with every time we do a drop specific to you because you were part of sms that's a unique code that you get um and then maybe on the tap cart or the global level like the app level you that's the most vip experience like by far where they're getting early access early discounts that nobody else is getting on email and sms so you also want to curate the channels to be uh unique to each other yeah yeah Mm -hmm. awesome well that was just an amazing episode. I feel like that was honestly one of my favorites. I feel like just even talking to you here, I've, I've just learned so much and I'm just making mental notes. Um, no, that was awesome. Um, and just finally, just to wrap everything up, like where can everybody follow you on your journey? 
Yeah, so if anybody wants to follow me, I'm on Instagram. It's just ABTXN, and then you'll probably get more knowledge out of me through Twitter. So on Twitter, it's ABTXNTV. Um, mm -hmm. So those are the two channels you can find me at. If you want to speak with us or anything like that, um, our company name is Northern without the letter E. So it's just N-O-R-T-H-R-N.com. Anybody can reach out to us over there. And um, if you reach out to me virtually on any channel, I will likely respond.